I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, even to the chagrin of Evan Swartz over there in L.A., who sends me stand-up comedians taking shots at my city here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Evan, how are you, sir? Uh, I am doing well. Uh, life is back to normal. L.A. is sunny and warm again. Mm. And it's a, probably gonna be that for like the next seven months, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a dark like two and a half, three months where it literally rained here more than Seattle, which mm. is an absurd, insane thing. And I mean, honestly, Jared, like, how dare you with that Seattle helmet in the background? Oh, yeah, I take I, it's a personal affront to me and all that I believe in. I think it's a good looking helmet. And also here, Jared Bailey, friend of the pod, um, writer of Everywhere, also the Pump Fake podcast, uh, so many different things. Uh, he's got a lot going on. Jared, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I started like uh, just collecting mini helmets, like throwback helmets. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. try to get the Kelly Green Eagles one within the next like week or so. Um, and that'll actually probably go here. And then I'm going to move the Batman over to all my other Batman stuff and then put this one there. So a lot of moving around will take place. What what comedian was taking shots at Knoxville? I don't even know who it was. I, who was he, it, Evan? He, he'd have to go into the messages and, and see. He sent it to me. It was unprovoked, Jarrett, and was just taking shots at how back, at just backwards and country knoxville tennessee is and uh, i'm the biggest nerd when it comes to stand-up comedy and mm. i'm trying to think if i have seen it and i'm just like uh, racking my brain but i can't uh a bit sam morell maybe i don't know sam Morrell, oh it might have been sam morell he's great there's a uh there's a comedian who's from tennessee that i really enjoy his name's dusty slay and i mm-hmm. think that you would like him too so dusty my... slay i've never i have not it was seen mark norman i think oh mark norman's great okay mm. yeah he, well, he kills me because he just comes out. He's like, hey, how's it going? He always ends with a high voice. <laughs> I love Mark Norman. There you go. That's kind of uh, what's his name? Uh, Dimitri. Is it Dimitri Martin who does a lot of that? Dimitri Martin. Yeah, yeah he's pretty good. I like him. Um, well, there you go. Uh, that's our com- comedy minute here on the program. Uh, we have some NFL stuff that we need to get to. And we have to kick things off here because... Evan texted me and he was like, do not let me forget this because Evan is going like Jared. This is it's not a- even that big of a deal. I just wanted you to remember to remind me because I'm wildly ADHD and I will forget. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I yeah, I saw that. I don't know how many, you know, I'm sure everyone did because it was like the first thing that I saw when I woke up today. But like Breer came out today and, and it's been a slow leak of Trey Lance like news and that everyone is like, well, they're not talking about Trey Lance. They're only talking about Purdy or now they're not even using his name. And it's like now like, it's like he's starting to become Voldemort or like he <laughs> You know, like, don't say his name type thing. Like, but like, Breer just came out today and basically was like, yeah, they're not wasting any more time with Trey Lance. Like, I feel like, like, Trey Lance had four games. He got injured because Kyle likes to run, run him up the middle. Uh, but like, literally, you can tell now. I feel like, even I'm sure you two from the outside looking in can absolutely tell. Kyle Shanahan seems to hate Trey Lance. Like there is no like, well, you know, we spent three first round picks on him and completely like mortgaged our future on this guy. So we want him to at least compete. None of that. It's just like, no, Brock Purdy's better. So yeah, he's Brock Purdy's going to start and we're not going to waste time developing Trey Lance anymore. Like that's essentially what I got out of that quote. Am I wrong? You, you go ahead first, Jared. If I never hear any more discussions about the 49ers quarterback room for as long as I live, I will be better because of it. I am so, mm. so sick and tired. The last three years, this is all this has been. Now, where will Trey Lance go? I, I First of all, Swords, I do think that it's going to be Purdy. I think that he's earned that yeah. with the season that he had last year in good form. Now it just becomes a matter of when, when Lance gets moved and where he goes. Um, but in terms of like, does Kyle hate Trey Lance? I don't think he hates him, but I think that they expected more for, for what they gave up to move up and get him. Um, and yeah, they, you know, Jimmy was the starter throughout Trey's rookie year. He had, you know, those couple instances where he got in uh, against Detroit against green Bay. Um, and then had to come in and start a few games when Jimmy got hurt. And then you know, obviously last year happened where the one full game that he started was in, a monsoon in Chicago and then uh, gets entered in the first quarter against Seattle. And that's a season. I, um, a, rem a reminder. Uh, he played against the Cardinals the year before where Kyle Shanahan ran him up the middle about 10 times. Uh, and then he played in a monsoon that was, by the way, a monsoon that was a bears fan. Let's never forget that it literally stopped raining during their drives and kept raining once the Niners got the ball. <laughs> and then he broke his ankle. Like, that's what happened. Like, I I think it's just like, I don't know. I, I think it's just the way the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are. Because remember, when, when Jimmy Garoppolo had his first five stars, he went undefeated. The world was his oyster. He's dating porn stars. Everyone said he's going to just, you know, he's getting new contracts before anyone really knew. Towards the ACL, and the team immediately hated him. Everyone hated him. No, you know, like they like they had no like, oh, maybe he can come back from it. It was just immediately like he's not good enough. Fans were like, he's not good enough. And now Trey Lance is like literally not played, basically, all intents and purposes. The Niners could have Micah Parsons right now. They, they didn't have, have Mac Jones. Enough. They could have just taken Mac Jones. No, 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 no. They were roommates yeah, the whole time. Just said taking Mac Jones. He plays. Mac Jones would have been fine. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Mac Jones. Get out of the idea of that's not that's the entire point. They they didn't mm. need to take a quarterback. They could have just played Jimmy and then drafted Brock Purdy. Like they could have. I'm, Mike I'm saying being 2020. Obviously, I think that they would go back and probably have at least one ring. Ha had they had Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, and Fred Warner on the same defense, hmm. um, without a doubt. 
Uh, and, and yes, we can look back in hindsight and say, oh, why did they even move up to take a quarterback and, and all of this? But the conversation at the time was it's time to move on from Jimmy because they need somebody who's more explosive and can push the ball down the field because he's too conservative. So it's, you know, you can't necessarily have your cake and eat it too in that situation. Um, now, I, I'm just, I'm, I want to see where he goes because I think that there's two teams to me that stand out where he could go Tennessee, Baltimore because it seems that Lamar Jackson is that ship has sailed in terms of him coming back to Baltimore. Um, at least from my point of view, I think he's made it pretty, pretty evident that he's, yeah. he wants a new start. And if you're the Ravens, I mean, are you going to, what, what are you going to do? Because you don't necessarily have a lot of leverage when it comes to getting one of these, these rookies this year, you're not in the top five, you're not in the top seven, unless you give up a whole horde just to try to get to like, six seven like if you move with the raiders the only chance that they have at getting one is if they trade with the cardinals at three because they don't need a quarterback at least you know at least not yet and well kyle murray's a whole different discussion but that's really their only outsider's chance at getting one of these these four guys in the draft um get a trey lance for you know probably a mid-round pick probably a third round pick and you know as as the main um you know, the main the main player in the package would be probably a third round pick if I had to guess with a bundle of other picks. And uh you see what you have with 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 Trey Lance going forward to replace Lamar Jackson, or he goes to Tennessee, they move off Ryan Tannehill. And if they keep Derrick Henry, I mean Trey Lance, Derrick Henry, that's I mean, you could do worse. So I think that those are the two teams to pay attention to when it comes to that. But I do think, yeah, it's a matter of when, not if when it comes to Lance being being shipped out of the bay. It is absurd to me that it is April 3rd. We're like coming up to the draft and Aaron Rodgers still hasn't been traded. We don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson and no one knows who, I mean, I guess we know now, but who the 49ers quarterback situation, but we're still talking about it. As somebody Um, who follows a lot of, is friends with a lot of 49ers, you know, content people and has a decent amount of 49ers following on Twitter. It is, it seems exhausting to be a 49ers fan. Having I to do this every year. Like I give it to like week six. The 49ers will be like three and two. Brock might have a bad game and everybody's going to be shipping Brock Purdy out on Twitter. Can, can I, I say something? I think yeah. it's ruined my life. <laughs> it's dramatic, but I literally, I was thinking about it the other day and I, I, I think about like two or three years ago and maybe I'm getting older. Maybe my interests are changing, but I remember I was so invested in all facets of my life of the 49ers football situation. And I remember I had football and I, you know, I always work out that'll always working out and taking care of my, all that is like my number one, but like I had football and I worked out and like, I, you know, I was really into like gaming and all of these other things and like everything I was really enjoying. And I feel like it's two years, three years later. And I'm like, the 49ers is just exhausting. Every aspect of like being a 49ers fan. Like if you, I log on to Twitter now and hate it. I hate Twitter. Like, I hate, I don't know. I mean, like, am I, is it just like, maybe it was the Caitlin Clark uh, LSU like discussion the other day, but I'm like, I am just so tired of all football and sports like banter on Twitter. It's, it's exhausting lately. I mean, I'm not like my whole thing is I schedule and then I lurk and I'll look at stuff. I am still amazed in the year of 2023, there are people willing to get themselves fired to, get into spats that are just uh that we all know from the outside are not going to result in the result that you want when you are entering said spat 
um the recklessness <laughs> that i still see on this app every single day is pretty bonkers but yeah i don't i am i'm tied to it because of i mean Jarrett, you also get this too where it's like we're just we're tied to it like it, we yeah. just we need it um for our jobs and what we're doing but by and large um the engagement yeah twitter is absolutely a worse place than it was i mean even six months ago it's so bad no question yeah the fact that there are grown people who spent the last like 36 hours arguing over a girl doing the john cena you can't see me thing Mm -hmm. in a sport that doing it back Mm -hmm. doing it back not even being the first one to do it in the Mm -hmm. with between the two people and by and large like college basketball people care about it for about three weeks out of the year like you're gonna look me in my face and tell me you care this much about a sport that you pretend to care about for about three weeks because it, i mean don't get me wrong march man is very fun but in about a month they're gonna forget this even happened and and the arguments that come from it it is stupid very very stupid who cares it's that not that serious theo ash point. had a good point about this it's like a good personality he tweeted this the other day i saw this i think this is the best take on the whole thing um it's a that whole art like snafu whatever you want to call it on twitter it's like it's a good personality litmus test um for Mm. the two different types of people in this world the ones who throw out the class and the other ones who are like who cares like not a big deal and you really figure out is this a good hang or a bad hang i think a lot of people showed which kind of hang they are and what kind of personality but that's it's like it's like a a microcosm of a a larger issue here it's like Mm. twitter used to just be a bunch of people hanging out at a bar that like talking about sports and that every now and then we got lucky and then like some real writers and like some real professionals came in and sat down at the bar and talked sports with us and that mm-hmm. was cool and sometimes you'd get to like say something to your favorite athlete and they'd respond or they'd click like and you'd be like wow that's cool i'm like connected to this sport and team that i like really a lot and it was so great because of the community that you could have talking about something that we all love in the nfl football amongst people getting to meet people like chase getting to meet people like jared getting to talk about sports for fun it but twitter really doesn't like none of this exists without twitter no 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 not even close but like now it it it, it, it's like bar fight every day well it's (laughs) like now that was like 10 p.m the best time at the bar like 9 30 10 p.m people just starting to have a couple drinks it's like Twitter now is like 3 a.m. or like 2.30 a.m. in a bar where it's like there's a girl throwing up in the corner. A guy just threw a chair. Uh, some loud dude keeps playing like uh, like dust in the wind on the jukebox like over and over and over again. Like it's a nightmare. And it's just like it, we all came here to talk sports. But now the loudest people that have the worst takes just like come in and just like get mad and just say like ridiculous things. It's just. I, I, but then I, everyone gives them the platform and engage and are like, how can you? And then you're like, why are you? That's just the whole point is they want the reaction. Time sports talk television so much. Yeah. Because but you know what's with, funny? What's up? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. it's just that people with the dumbest takes who know that they're dumb takes, but will spew them because they know they have an audience and have a platform and it'll piss people off where it'll get them attention. They'll just spew it Monday through Friday from 10 to noon and that's that's what controls the vast majority of you know the space and we've we've consciously for that we've consciously acknowledged for like the last five to seven years everyone agrees that first take and shows like first take 
are god awful. Then, mm. like the sports debate TV show format is terrible. Every day I see a clip from those shows. Every day someone gets mad about something that's said on there. We've all agreed that it's worthless and should not be like discussed, talked about. Everyone agrees that it's a waste of everyone's time. Yet they keep bringing it to the timeline to complain <laughs> and to try and dunk on people that will never read their tweets. Yeah. Look at Jared. Look at how much Evan doesn't want to talk about Trey Lance no longer being the franchise quarterback for San Francisco. He brought first take into this. He brought in the discourse of what's happened to Twitter.com. This is a man who is gone through hell and back with the quarterback situation in San Francisco. He wants no part of going with, oh, the robotic arm guy. He's our franchise quarterback. Our quarterback room is not going to have Jimmy Garoppolo, might not have Trey Lance, and we're going to have to... Same uh, darn week one, baby. Let's do it, guys. What I'm saying is, we life is meaningless, and we all die one day. <laughs> we're all just we're all just dirt in the ground. No, uh, no, but I, it's like the, they're going to draft somebody, right? The, like that's what's going to happen. God. They're going to trade Trey Lance, and they're going to draft somebody. I hope it's like the it's like the the Patriots drafting like Ryan Mallett, even though they had mm. prime Tom Brady. Just keep going. Um, <laughs> no, but the point that I'm making is all tied into that, especially with Trey Lance, and especially with the Jimmy G, and all those things. It's like. These are conversations that should have stopped happening. Mm. We shouldn't be talking about the QBs in San Francisco, but because there's nothing else to talk about and it's just, it's, it's empty calories. It's McDonald's. It's easy to make, easy to eat, easy to consume. We just keep going. Dude, mm. I will believe in God again. If Stetson Bennett is drafted by the 49ers, that would make me the happiest human being on earth and you can't I have will... two guys with that kind of dog in him though brock's got that dog in him undersized you can't have both with all that power stat i i'm not convinced that Stet, well i mean my guy hendon's going round one now which is top notch yeah, like, no no he's going top five apparently according well to, that's one to, particular to one i don't think boss. he's doing that but i do think it it is fun that he's getting that kind of buzz i don't know like it wouldn't surprise me if stetson bennett like got on and just he he found a found a home with somebody yeah maybe even baltimore like Baltimore would be hilarious. He gets to read now with Todd Monken is his oldest. Uh, me and Kevin Ostriker from USA Today and Lockdown Ravens. He was on my show not that long ago, and I I teased him about that. And now, I mean, it's maybe possible. We'll see. Yeah. No, I'm not a Stetson Bennett guy. I think that he's. It's just one of those things where like we've reached this point in April where like okay, we need something to talk about. Stetson Bennett could go round one. Sure, why not? Let's push this narrative for a minute, and then he's gonna go round three or four. I'll be a journeyman who gets in every once in a while and everybody will be like, oh my goodness, that's Stetson Bennett. I remember when he you know, was 26 in college playing against 19-year-olds and everybody thought he was going to be great because he's seven years older than everybody. What I, if the Vikings just trade Kirk Cousins for Trey Lance? North yeah, Dakota I mean, that's State the thing. legend, Trey it, Lance. That's the thing. It's not done yet. I didn't realize yet. how much I wanted that until you just said that. Let's do it. I'm it's in. not done yet. That's what I'm saying. Like They're still talking about Kirk Cousins. To, yeah. Like Today, there was people tweeting that at the Combine, there was Kirk Cousins rumors to the 49ers. Like, that Kyle is a whore. Sides, though. I don't hate that. I don't Kyle's hate that a whore. Dude, I'm telling you right Pick now. Kirk quarterback. Cousins, if Kirk Cousins is the 49ers quarterback in 2023, I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl. If mm. Kirk Cousins is the 49ers quarterback in 2023, I might have to delete my Twitter. <laughs> Just like, like, do I think that they could win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? I, I think it would be like a, like a, you know, an unstoppable versus an immovable object. Like Kirk Cousins can't win the big game and they have a team so good they have to. I just don't think I could deal with the discourse week to week. Mm. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm trying to bring this part. Really funny. 
I'm trying to bring the spark back, guys. I'm trying to I'm trying to get back to get back to it. I just don't I don't know, man. Mm. I'll tell you what, man. I'm I'm on the outside. I'm just vibing, just looking in, and like like the uh, Michael Jackson gift when he's at the movies, just eating popcorn and laughing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's me. That's me. Just yeah. me being a Steelers fan and vibing with life. Um, DJ Moore is a Chicago Bear now. Mm. They have a lot of draft capital. Justin Fields looks like he's still going to be the guy. Travis Kelsey can still not identify Matt Eberflus when shown a picture of the head coach of the Chicago Bears in a lineup. I'm not certain I could. I think he is the most unrecognizable current coach in the NFL. Dude, I, of, I covered the Bears and it took me a double take to, oh yeah, that's Eberflus. Yeah. Right? Like he just doesn't have, it's not, he just is not a memorable looking person. And I feel like that's mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but he's just not, there's nothing distinct about him that makes no, him stand he's out. very generic. Yes, which is look. I'm not taking yeah. shots. It's just that it's just it is. It is what it is. Some people just have generic faces. Daniel Jones right. has a very generic white guy face. Mm. There you go. Um, they've been active. They spent a lot of money. You bring in Tremaine Edmonds. You bring in um, T.J. Edwards. You bring in Nate Davis, Demarcus Walker, Robert Tunyon, um, Deontay Foreman. They've just been very, very active. Ryan Proles. I ask you, Jared, based on what they've done to this point. Would you say the Bears, who are kind of like an NFC dark horse, an NFC North dark horse in a way, just because of where the Packers look like they're heading, the Vikings losing a lot, and them just trying to prevent a, a massive tail off of all their kind of overachieving a year ago, and then people expecting the Lions to make the jump when the Bears are sitting there um, spending a lot. Like when you look at all of that and how they've approached this offseason to this point, are you a fan of their moves and how they've approached it? Where where are you at with the Bears? Because I think that's an interesting team, more so than a lot of the other ones people have talked about in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who who covers the team, this has been something to it's given me something to look forward to. Like, yes, they were three and fourteen last year. They were competitive in a lot of those games, and a lot of those games were one score losses. So, with a team that. I mean, you look at their offense, Justin Fields' number one target was Equinemia St. Brown for most of the year. Like, no disrespect to Equinemia St. Brown, but you got to do better than that. Um, getting the upgrades that they have um, on offense, bringing in DJ Moore, um, the uh, the guard from from Tennessee, and then Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, two really good off-ball linebackers. Um, that was one of their biggest needs, and now they have two guys in the middle of their defense that are experienced and both really good. Um, and you look at the talent that they have in the back end. Eddie Jackson's still there. Jaquan Brisker had a really promising rookie year, as did uh, Kyler Gordon at, at cornerback. Um, this is a team that, you know, we've seen the Bears over the last decade just, they have little peaks very periodically, and then it just, it's very mediocre. But I think that we're seeing something new from Ryan Poles and Matty Refluse. And now it's up to Justin Fields to, to take a leap. Um, and, if you look at, and I'm not saying he's going to have this type of year, but you look at his numbers in year two compared to Jalen Hurts in year two, very, very similar numbers, hmm. um, very similar skill sets. Um, now, I'm not saying that Fields is going to you know, run and throw for a billion touchdowns in, in, in 2023, but is it realistic to think that he can do you know, 25 passing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns? Yeah. And if he does that, you look at, I mean, you mentioned the Packers are definitely going into a different era with Jordan Love. The the Vikings are rebuilding that defense, which I know everybody kind of looks at as like, oh yeah, they got to rebuild the defense. It was a horrible defense. Like that's not necessarily a bad thing. And they're bringing they brought in Brian Flores, who's going to be a really good defensive coordinator. 
for them. And Kevin O'Connell's a good head coach. Um, but they also went like what, 12 and one in one score mm-hmm. games last year. Like it was absurd. They're not going to, and that never it. translates. Bill Vonra has been on this for years. That is never a good <laughs> sign for the following year. Absolutely not. So for, for the NFC North in, in 2023, I, th- I can't remember how many years in a row or how many of the last like 20 years it's happened. I think it's like 18 of the last 20 years, something absurd like that. A team in the NFL is at least one has gone from worst to first. And mm. the bears are, I'd say they're probably the favorite out of all the teams that finished last in 2022 to, to be able to do that in 2023. I think it's going to come down to the bears and the lions for the NFC North. And you know what, that, that excites me. And I think it's very, very much needed reset for the division and uh, something different to look forward to in that division. Yeah. Are you as optimistic about the bears, Evan? I mean, I could reiterate a lot of what Jared just said, but I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for the bears to do well. I think they have a great city. They have a great fan base. Uh, They need some kind of happiness considering their stadium is about to be taken away from the city and stuck out into the suburbs. Um, I just love Justin Fields and I want Justin Fields to become the best quarterback in that draft class since Trey Lance is not going to be it uh, allegedly, but I, I love what they did. DJ Moore is a fantastic uh, you know, fantastic receiver. The only thing I say is like, I hope DJ Moore can really thrive in this offense with, with the head coach and the, the, the scheme and everything, because he, I feel like was still undervalued in Carolina. He was such a very good receiver. He just had incredible hands, caught everything. And it, it like, I just felt like he was completely underrated. So I'm hoping that he can have some really good rapport with Justin Fields. Um, I don't know though. It's it's the Vikings. Like we always do this every single year. The Vikings have a, a really decent roster, but do they ever do? You know, do they ever have? It's like having a six hundred horsepower engine that you know, like goes just drives on the thirty five mile an hour speed. Well, that's roads. Kirk Cousins. It just it's hard to see them falling off if they have Kirk Cousins because the guy just he's not gonna have a bad year. Like it's just hard to see them being like a three and fourteen or the wheels fall off when Kirk Cousins is there. I just feel like he raises your floor so much, but he has a limited ceiling. So it's like he, he's an extremely frustrating player in that regard. But for me, Jared, I just I think it's really hard for me to see like a gigantic fall off. But I think the one score game stuff's real. So I think they are just more of a five hundred esque team, and I think this division is going to be a lot of five hundred s teams. Like I would not be surprised if all four of these teams are in the seven to ten win range, somewhere even six to ten win range, something like that. Oh no, yeah. I don't know about all that. Se- seven to ten? Yeah, somewhere I think the around there. I'd be really bad if I'm being honest. I I don't foresee. I, I, I don't see a terrible really team in this division. I think they're all going to be okay. I think the Packers will go like six and eleven, seven and ten. I mean, mm. obviously the draft hasn't happened yet, but as it stands right now. Um, but yeah, if you, even if like, let's say that the Vikings are like, you know, seven and five, eight and four in these one score games, they're still around 500 and going, you know, eight and nine, nine and eight. So when you, and you pointed out when you have a quarterback like Kirk, he's going to keep you in, in the divisional race and whatnot. Um, so it'll be fun. I, I do think that the Packers are definitely the worst team in this division right now. I don't think there's much of a, a conversation about that. Um, but but the Detroit Lions, man, like they're they were the darling of the NFL last year, and then everybody points out their deficiencies on defense, and they recognized it too. They're like, okay, we're going to go get Cam Sutton. We're going to sign 
Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. We're going to sign Emmanuel Mosley. We still have Jeff Okuda, who they're probably going to have to kick inside or trade him away if he doesn't want to do that. Regardless, they still have a really good secondary now on paper. Um, Aiden they drafted another, another elite edge right across from Aiden Hutchinson this year. Yeah, yeah. and they, they have the number six overall pick, and yeah. if they would like to do that. Will Anderson and Hutchinson? Woo! If Jalen Carter's there, maybe they take a chance on him. Like, There's a lot that they can do. Um, Kalijah Kansi from Pitt, he just ran like the fastest 40 that a D-tackle has ever run in the combine. Like, What's he, with these Pitt defensive tackles? I You're up there. Aaron Donald and him, why are Pitt defensive tackles just uh, physical freaks? Um, I don't know. I don't pay too much attention to Pitt. I'm a Penn State guy. Um, yeah. I do, shameless plug, I do have Pat Narduzzi's number in my phone, so I could <laughs> call him and ask him. There you um, go. I'm just kidding. He doesn't, I don't know Pat Narduzzi like that. I do have his number in my phone, but I couldn't just call him right now. But regardless, yes, Pitt, a lot of good defensive tackles. I'm excited to see what Detroit can do. That's the mm-hmm. bottom line of this. Um, but if it comes down to, you know, like week 17, week 16, and like, the Bears, Lions, and Vikings are all, you know, like seven, eight, nine win teams, and it comes down to the wire. Then good for us. We get exciting football in the NFC in the NFC North. It also is just kind of amazing how quickly, like when folks are like, oh, look at how barren this situation is. You look at the Jets wide receiver room and you're like, man, look at all that talent everywhere. They're running out of options. Mims has to get sent out because we're bringing in this guy. Like, there's just not enough mount, like there's just not enough balls to get around to everybody. And then you look at the Bears where you're like, oh, poor Justin Fields. Like, the guy just has nobody to throw to. And now you look at what he might have next year with Cole Komet, who I'm a fan of. You bring in Robert Tanyan. So that's two solid tight ends right there, safety nets. Darnell Mooney, who I like a lot, and it's pretty undervalued. And if he's like your third guy, I think that's a pretty good spot to be in. Chase Claypool, you make that trade. DJ Moore, obviously a top 10 receiver in this league. You mentioned St. Brown. And then Vilas Jones, my guy, like he's a really good player too in the slot. I mean, suddenly like you have five or six guys that can pop in are realistic, nice contributors to facilitate a year three bump for Justin Fields, right? I wouldn't be surprised if they, if like Jackson Smith and Jigba is available at nine, if they don't take him like Mm -hmm. that, that makes a lot of sense for me. Cause you get, you get a top three, top four of DJ Moore, uh, Smith and Smith and Jigba, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool hell of a lot worse receiver rooms in the league for sure evan thursday night football flexing is not happening at least not yet when you saw this your first thought was good or bad idea to flex those late season like weeks 14 through 17 i think it's an absurd insane concept to try and flex a a game in which you would normally have to aggressively prepare for throughout the week to have a game play be three days before a normal game. Um, and what I thought was hilarious is one of the owners that we got interviewed and he was like, you know, we can't do this. Like we can't do this to the, to, to the fans or something. I think like. that was John Mara, uh, the yeah. giants who went pretty, I think he used the term pretty strong. Did he say like, not but, at reprehensible. He said something strong. But, and I forgot on. what the word was. So the the thing that I thought was hilarious is like he's going on this like very um, like emotionally charged rant, and not mm-hmm. once does he bring up player safety. He's like, we mm-hmm. can't do this to the fans. We can't do this for these reasons. But he never once was like, we can't do these this to the players who playing on Thursday with short notice. You know, is potentially harmful health wise. Like it just shows that like it's it's never about the player's health and it should be the only thing. There shouldn't be a game on Thursdays as much as I love more football. I I wonder 
like especially later on in the year, like let's say the Chiefs are sitting at nine and two and they're scheduled to play a Thursday night game. Like if I'm Andy Reid and I know that I'm going to be a playoff team, I'll play Patrick Mahomes for about the first quarter and then I'm pulling him. Hmm. I'm not. There's no reason outside of the owners wanting more money in their pockets to have Thursday night football. None mm-hmm. whatsoever. And like I said, especially hell, it could be week three. Like if if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are playing week four Thursday night football, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm saying, look, this this is an 18 week practice for us. One till till we get to January. Patrick, I know you want to play. You're going to play for the first half and then I'm pulling you. I don't care what the situation is. We have more important goals in mind. We want a third Super Bowl. Sorry. Mm hmm. And look, people complain about the NBA resting players, and they should. Like, I understand. I if I was a big NBA guy, and you know, I showed up to a game to see my favorite player, and he was resting, I'd be mad too. NFL is a completely different animal, though, where it's much more physical, and the just the the beat up that guys go through is, is a lot more. So, if I'm a team like that, like Kansas City, who just has the built-in luxury of knowing you're going to be a playoff team, more than likely. I would use that to my advantage, especially in Thursday night football situations, especially if I'm playing a really bad team. Like if it's if, if it's Chiefs Texans. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure Andy Reid's really, really gearing up for that. Yeah. No, if he's going to be worried about wildcard week and divisional weekend looking ahead, not week nine against D'Amico Ryan's who's rolling out whomever he's going to be rolling out at quarterback. So do I think that that'll happen? Probably not because these guys are competitors. And you don't want to disrupt any sort of like, especially if the team's rolling and in a, you know in a groove, you don't want to disrupt that. But it's something that I think people should think about, and head coaches should think about, especially if you know the higher the higher tiered teams who are you know better off than than most teams and could could afford to do it. Well, clearly Amazon was upset. Like the fact that this came out the first year Amazon had Thursday Night Football and it's like, hey, we need to start flexing this. Clearly, that did not go over well. And I mean, Al Michaels wanting to check out of all of those games uh, down the stretch did not help. Al Michaels had to sit through Bears, Commanders and Colts, Broncos in consecutive (laughs) weeks. What was the Jets one he had to sit through where like Zach's not crossing the 50? What and they're just booing him in the rain. Oh, oh. yeah, that's when they put in the uh that like eight string quarterback that everybody loved. They were just cheering because Zach Wilson wasn't yes. in the game Who are they and playing that game? He was making jokes on the broadcast where he's just like oh, beside himself. Any sort of reason to care. Ultimate bag getter. That guy was like, <laughs> Yeah, I will absolutely take this job and just phone it in. And it's also <laughs> sad too because I separately love Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels. They have no chemistry whatsoever together. That is a terrible broadcast booth. Like that has to be good. Kirk is stretched too thin. Kirk cannot watch enough. He doesn't have the time to be a full-time NFL and college football broadcaster. Like he just, and I don't blame him for that. Like he's doing game day. He's doing the game of the week on Saturday nights. He's having to do pod hits, ESPN hits. Like there's just not enough time in the day. Like there's just not. And I just if he's a third guy in the booth where he can just point out like his college ideas, then I think that works. I hope they bring somebody else in for this fall. I hope they add a actual um, guy. I don't know who it is. Maybe bring Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee can be the, Dude, if the McAfee third. did Thursday night football. That would rule. I think that'd be fun. 
it would help and it would make you forget what you're watching like he would you would forget about the the really boring terrible matchups but we also need to bring up those terrible matchups were doing great numbers so it's like this is not an issue this is a rich people problem where you're like oh we would prefer to be a little bit better so we can get a little bit more people it's like you're still crushing everyone on thursday nights those games were still crushing like we make jokes of like oh terrible but it's like Guess what America was watching on Thursday night? That they were watching that game. terribleness. Like, why are we fr- freaking out about it? I just don't understand that. That game, by the way, Jaguars Jets, December 22nd, my birthday is when mm-hmm. that game took place. And it was a horrible game. Yeah. That the terrible. Jaguars won 19 to 3. I watched it from beginning to end. I was taking yeah. notes on that game. I watched I that whole game. on it. Live betting. Yeah. What are we doing? It's just, it is what it is. You're not going to solve every game to make every game awesome. You're the NFL. You're killing everybody. You're always going to kill everybody. Just be happy with what you have. Um, Jerry, you had a TikTok about Derek Carr that I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Why does Derek Carr still not make any sense to you in New Orleans this offseason? I was hoping you would just say, why does Derek Carr not make any sense to you? <laughs> but... Like if I'm Derek Carr and I looked at the options I have, the Saints would have been at like the bottom of my list because Hmm. they they seem to convince themselves that they're still like contenders, but everybody from the outside looking in can clearly see they're not. But Hmm. the defense last year, as a giant truck goes by, do you hear that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Their defense last year was, I think, propelled by a weak schedule. And you look at what they have on offense. Like, oh, they're bringing back Michael Thomas, who's played like 13 snaps in the past four years. Great. I'm mm-hmm. sure that'll be awesome. Alvin Kamara, who, I don't, what, does, it, does anybody know what's happening with him right now in this legal battle, by the way? Like, are they going to have him? Like, there's, a, I think it's still up in the air. So that's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. Who do they have at receiver behind? Is it Marquez Callaway is their second receiver? No, Chris, well, I was going to say, you Chris still have Olave. Olave. Yeah, okay. My, my bad, Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. Like, can they compete in that god awful division? Sure. I still think that on paper, Carolina is the better team right now. And if they get a good quarterback, I think they're winning the division. Um, well, hold on know. there. I hold think on, that sir. the Falcons are the favorite in that division. No one's having a better offseason than the Atlanta Falcons, sir. No uh, one is yeah, having with, a better offseason. Just... Their quarterback, har har. Hold on. We we love Desmond Ritter on this podcast, and I stand my new age Alex Smith. That can is I, my can, guy. Can I go on a, a slight tangent real quick? Since yes. I mean, you're, you're a Falcons guy. Mm-hmm. The fact that they, that Arthur Blank loved to point out any sort of quote unquote differences between the Deshaun Watson situation, with, which by the way, they were very in on Deshaun Watson, but now they aren't going to be in on Lamar Jackson is the most hypocritical thing on the face of this planet. And it very much bothers me. Like the fact that they're willing to, and it's like, yep, yeah, we got Desmond Rue. We didn't need Lamar Jackson to hell with it. That I don't know, man. That's that's why bad football teams stay bad football teams. And I not trying to root against Desmond Ritter. I don't know him. I don't wish any ill intent on him, but they're he's a good kid. I don't like it. I can help you. Sure he is. Well, you, if you want to root against him, I could help you. Mm. Why do you want to root against Desmond Ritter? Just out of spite. <laughs> For, for Trace. <laughs> Evan is so jaded. Like the Trey Lance stuff has ruined. Like he is uh, so jaded. I, it is I mean, amazing to me though that the city of Atlanta has two guys in Trey Young and 
Desmond Ritter that look shockingly similar and have shockingly similar, not good hairlines. It's wow. a pr- I, I appreciate you telling me that because I, I swear to God, if you would have if you would have asked me to uh, like like choose Desmond Ritter out of a lineup, I no amount of money in the world. I would not. I, I have no. I I no. I mean, yeah. If it was like eighteen, like five foot two white guys, and then him, I think I might be able to figure it out. But like, I just have no. Like, I, I, you don't like really see him. They were never like the Falcons were notable enough to like for him to be on ESPN, like the interviewing, like anything. I just don't know what he looks like. He looks a lot older than he is. Yes, he like they were playing the Buccaneers and like I was just being rude. Like I tweeted out a picture of Tom Brady and Desmond Ritter. And I said, one of these guys looks 47 and the other is Tom Brady. (laughs) But I mean, you're not wrong. Like that really is. I mean, Desmond Ritter looks older. Like that that is an older looking man. That's going to be weird. Like, I don't think the Saints are going to be all that good. I like Derek Carr, man. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that they're going to be... I think their ceiling is getting eliminated in the wild card round. I think that same thing for the Panthers. Like that's that's their limit as a division is getting to the wild card and getting the crap stomped out of them by whomever they play. And then the Buccaneers rolling in with Baker Mayfield or and or Kyle Trask. Like okay, <laughs> good luck with Todd Bowles still as your head coach. Uh, uh, yeah, have fun. That that's they're going to be bad. Like there's no they're my penciled in last place team in the division. Yeah, they're. Them saying that they were confident in Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, like it's that iceberg meme. Like under that is saying we cannot wait to have Caleb Williams in 2024. It's going to be awesome. Mm. Todd Bowles isn't going to be there after this year. I wouldn't suspect because he's not a good head coach. He's a good defensive coordinator. He is not a good head coach. And then we'll see with Atlanta. Like I like Arthur Smith. He's a very good offensive scheme. They're the favorites right now. The Falcons, they have to be the favorites. I would bet that it's the Saints just because of the quarterback situation and their quarterback is right now very much the best in the division. But if I if I had to pick one like after the draft, because I assume Carolina's gonna have a good draft, I would probably lean Carolina. I don't know. I just want to host a playoff game because the new Benz has not hosted a playoff game since it was created. Right. Falcons, yeah, the Falcons have never hosted a playoff game in their new stadium. When did that stadium open? Six years ago. Jeez. It's not been great since the Super They've been to the playoffs, though, in that span that just haven't hosted. Correct. Okay. It's rough. It's rough times. Um, Evan, would the Cowboys regret taking B. John Robinson in the first round? I mean, drafting a running back worked so well for them last time. Zeke was pretty good, though. Zeke was... His early Zeke was fine. You're good. You guys. Mm Mm-hmm. The running back situation can only exist if you have an elite team. Mm. Or, but when you, you don't think Dallas is close to that, you don't think he is a no, no. Dallas is not I think close the best to quarterback it. in the NFC right now. I don't, first off, if I agreed with that, which I don't know that I do, it's not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it's not saying anything. I like that's not. Being the best NFC quarterback right now yeah. is like being the tallest dwarf. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's like there. you know, like do you need that extra step ladder? No, you don't. <laughs> you, you the Keebler elves can get the the cookie. Um, no, I listen. I understand why everyone wants the Cowboys to to take that next step. 
but they are they haven't done it. They lost to the 49ers two years in a row in the playoffs. In the first year, it was a last-second weird situation. Last year, they got steamrolled. So two years in a row, you play the same team essentially. They lost by a touchdown, Swords. They were the they were without a doubt the 49ers were unequivocally the better team. The 49ers did not look good that game. I was at the game, sir. I'm aware of how they looked. <laughs> they looked good. They were significantly better than that. Significantly. The Cowboys couldn't do anything. It, respectfully disagree on that. I love this. Jarrett, get him. Get after him with the Cowboys. It's like 19 to 12. It's not like they won by 40, bro. No, I understand that. But the, 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 literally, the Cowboys could do nothing. They, were, they could accomplish nothing that entire game. <laughs> The 49ers did it until like three minutes left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> First off, when I'm talking the 49ers in a playoff game, I am talking about their defense. That is the defense best is defense great. in the NFL. Right. And that's my point. The Cowboys defense is not going to be any different than it was last year. What did they add? This free eight. What was it? What did they do this year in free agency? They bring over Stephon Gilmore. They brought over Stephon Gilmore. I would say they franchised Tony Pollard, which is good. They kept him around. Yeah. No, 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 no. I said, what did they do? What did they add? I, I, I well, love Brandon Tony. Cooks. They traded for Brandon Cooks. There are three. I, there I love Tony else. Pollard. I think Tony Pollard should have been the, the number one running back in Dallas for the last two, maybe three years. I love Tony Pollard. And he's mm-hmm. going to be, he's going to be really good, but that's not enough. And it's not going to be enough. Is Dak going to fix his interception problem or is it going to stay the same or maybe even get worse? Let me say this about Dak, though. This is the first year that he's had real big interception problems. Like the rest of it has just been meh right as quarterbacks get older they sometimes get worse i don't think he's getting worse though i don't even think I we've think seen the fine. best of Dak prescott yet i i'm not gonna sit here and like defend Dak wholeheartedly because i think that that ship has sailed for me like def- pounding the table for Dak prescott until he shows up and takes the cowboys past yeah. the divisional round but could um, you see them having the number one seed in the nfl in the nfc this year Absolutely not. I'll bet any amount of money. Um, I, any could amount I of money. see it? Maybe, but I don't know, man. Like that's that's a lot of consistency from the Cowboys that we haven't seen over the past decade and a half. Like that, this this past year is the first time they made it to the playoffs in consecutive years since 06-07. Then doing I'm, it three years in a row and getting to the number one seed. That's. I'm not trying to be an anti like Dallas. Like it's it's not a 49ers fan thing. It's nothing like that at all. If they would have had like a better off season, if they would have like gone, like, I don't think Stefan Gilmore is the same cornerback that he was. Oh, sure. Obviously. I think Brandon cooks is a decent receiver and yes, he's been very reliable in all of the teams that he's played on, but I don't think they were one receiver away. I think their defense will probably get a little bit better. Obviously, Micah Parsons is going to have more time. I'm hoping that Diggs learns how to cover rather than just how to grab the ball. But like, if I would have seen them make attempts like in the same way that other teams in the NFL, like, I mean, hell, the 49ers went out and got Javon Hargrove. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to compete right now in this NFL that has Patrick Mahomes, that has Josh Allen, that has Aaron Rodgers potentially going to the Jets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that has like really good quarterback play right now. If you want to compete, you have to do things. Like the 49ers had the best defense in the NFL last year, and they got Javon Hargrove. That's how you compete right now. And the Cowboys went out and got Brandon Cooks. Like it, it's just... But I think there's a path where the Cowboys have the best offensive DVOA in the NFC and the 49ers have the best defensive DVOA in the NFC next year. 
And that makes it a fun playoff matchup. That'd be a fun collision I do, course. I'm also worried that they did lose Dalton Schultz as well, and he was a big part of what they did. Are you worried about that? I mean, you got Ferguson right there. I don't know. Dalton, Dalton Schultz is a good tight end. He He's is. fine. I mean, he had a really bad ending to that uh, yes. playoff game. Yes, he did. I will say this though, too, because I, I do appreciate Chase, you know, attempting to make the, the case for Dallas and, and Dak and whatnot. Mm. You know, for, for we can keep saying like, oh, it's every year with the Cowboys saying that this is a, that this is their year. For the past like six years, it's been the same thing with the 49ers. And there always seems to be some Ooh. sort of. Excuse. But that's the thing. That's the, the what is the 49ers. It's always been the quarterback. Mm. If you put. The like the the middle, like just the most basic like quarterback play, probably like steady throughout the last however many years, they would have won a Super Bowl. They had that with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they didn't win a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception, like to lose. Quarterbacks throw interceptions, sports. <laughs> no, like, sometimes. No, no, no. Jimmy Garoppolo lost those games. That's how they lost. They had an average quarterback until it mattered when they when he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. When he you threw just an told me if they had average quarterback play that they would have won a Super Bowl. I'm just pointing out that they had that and they did not win a Super Bowl. I, I, I guess average might be not the right word then. If they would have had competent quarterback play when it mattered, right? Because, yes, Jimmy played very well. I was an Advent Jimmy supporter. But when they got to these big games, the quarterback failed them amongst other things, right? But, like, it's never been that. Dallas has had Dak Prescott for however many years, and they can't figure it out. They got the hardest position in the world solidified and they cannot figure it out and you know why because we're sitting here right now going should they draft a running back in the first round again mm. last question here Jarrett, who had the sneaky worst free agency thus far who do you think under the radar hasn't really been picked up as much but you were like they actually had a sneaky disastrous one that i hated i did not like what Ooh. they did at all oh that's good um, let me go through. I'm just going to be doing a lot of talking out loud, probably Tennessee, because huh. they're very clearly going through like, okay, we're gonna, we've got to deal with Trevor Lawrence. Now we're getting rid of all of our offensive linemen. We might trade Derrick Henry. Like our defense was pretty solid on paper last year, but we play in the AFC South and it's one of the worst divisions in football only to the NFC South. So like probably Tennessee, like what have they done? I just I lost a bunch of snaps. Ben Solak went through it. Like the number of sack yeah. of snaps they lost from this year to last. I'm like, oh my God. Like it's pretty, it's pretty jarring. Like they lost, like they released Taylor Lewan and Ben Jones. They mm -hmm. lose their starting guard to Chicago. Bud Dupree isn't going to be coming back. Oh, Bud Dupree got overpaid by them because he was playing across from TJ Watt and then he just kept getting hurt. No disrespect to Bud Dupree. I was going to say he's back in Pittsburgh now, right? He is. I, I, I'm, I like Bud Dupree. I'm happy. Good for him. It'll, he'll be a nice depth piece, but yeah, man, I think that they're going to be bad. I think like Andre Dillard's down. their left tackle. He couldn't get on the field in Philadelphia. Like he's a bus. I don't see that going well. Yeah, that's that'll be. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But I think that we're going to get a repeat. I, th I think it's very, very possible that we get a repeat of the what was it, 2015 draft where the Buccaneers and Titans were mm -hmm. one two, and we get it again. Um, in 2024. Oh. I hadn't considered that. And I wonder if Derrick Henry, they're just waiting. They want to see the bottom fall out before they trade Derrick Henry. It's like, we need to see. He's traded on draft day. Hmm. I was thinking more of Christian McCaffrey type deal 
where it's like, oh, the Panthers are bad, bad. And it's like, okay, we need to sell. We need to move on from this now. There's a contender like the Falcons would not surprise me if it's week seven and the Falcons are leading the NFC South and you already have that continuity with um, Arthur Smith. And it's like, let's put Derrick Henry in here for a stretch run with him and Tyler Algier and just out physical the hell out of everybody down the stretch. Just more reason, Chase Thomas, why they should give two first round picks to get Lamar Jackson. You get Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry in the same backfield, Chase Thomas. They are going to run through the NFC South like it is nobody's business. I don't know. Lamar Jackson at his age with he's he's 27 and we're near the end. I don't think Lamar Jackson is an elite quarterback at 30, 31. I think we're at the tail end. He's already been, he's missed the last two years. He hasn't been healthy. Like peak Lamar Jackson, the best version of him is a top five quarterback in this league. That I will not disagree with. I would not give up multiple picks to a team that is still in rebuilding mode that has spent a bunch of money this offseason trying to get to that point where they can contend realistically for a division title. They're just not like the Patriots make sense where it's like, Bill, you got nothing else, man. You're right. Like, this is it. Like the Patriots not going all out for Lamar Jackson. There are teams around the league where it's like, really, New York, like the Jets, like you're really you're really not going to go after Lamar Jackson with Robert Sala. Your job might be on the line here. And like you're you feel like you're close, like that defense is close enough. There's wide out uh, stardom all over the place that you have a good offensive line. There are better options. I personally, with Atlanta, think that would be skipping steps. And I was adamantly opposed to the Watson thing, where it's like, if you're going to move, not just because of the uh, reprehensible human being stuff and all the Mm -hmm. stuff off the field, but it also didn't make sense on the field either, which is that like, if you're moving off from Matt Ryan, it is because it is time to tear this thing down. And Thomas Dimitrov did all he could do to keep this roster afloat. Just put like, it just, so he gets too much grief now post post exit in Atlanta, because it's like he, actually put together a Super Bowl roster. He put together some of the best rosters Atlanta's ever seen. He just went about it a different way in terms like he finally the the do the buck whatever whatever analogy you want to say here. Like the buck came due, whatever. And that was it. But like he still was an exceptionally good GM for a really long time for the Atlanta Falcons. All that being said, when you move on from Matt Ryan, they did him dirty. All that's true. And it's also like they needed to retool. They needed to tear down. They needed to get their contract stuff right. They needed to go through this tough time. Deshaun Watson made no sense on the field, off the field. All that was terrible. Lamar Jackson, a season later, still doesn't make sense for this particular team. If the Falcons were, t- if I would say next year, you could sell me on it. I think if you were to sell me and he's in this particular situation this time next year, you could sell me on it. I, 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 I could do it. Now, those picks are needed, man. You, The Falcons are not ready to give up multiple first-round picks with this roster. They're just not. Since I mean, since you know we're on the topic of like sneaky bad off-seasons, I mean, I get, you could say the Ravens. I mean, they've, yeah. <laughs> they have, still don't have a reliable receiving option. Uh, yeah. Eric DaCosta pissed off a lot of the roster with his comments at the Combine. Uh, Rashad Bateman called him out on Twitter, and then I think he deleted the tweet. Um, but everything going on with their quarterback situation – their receivers still aren't good. Um, defensively, we'll see. Like their their secondary. Like Marlon Humphrey's really good. Marcus Peters probably has he did he sign anywhere? Has, did he go back? He got to signed I, somewhere else. I think Marcus Peters is gone. He signed with somebody else, but I don't know that, who it was. That tells Mark- you how how notable that their off season has been. Is you know we don't know. See New York. I think he went to the Giants if I remember correctly. That sounds about. Because right. I think he reunited with Wink Martindale if I remember correctly. Regardless, though, yes, Baltimore not having a good off season. Um, yes, he went to the Giants. Okay. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, Evan, do you have one? Worst offseason? 
Rams feel like an obvious one for you. <laughs> I mean, the obvious one is the Rams, but um, I think the Ravens is who I was going to say in the first place, mm. just because what mm. they were doing is just hilarious. Um, but <laughs> I hate, I hate what the Cowboys have done this offseason. <laughs> you can't let this go. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. And to your point, though, the offseason has been fine. You know what I would love for the Cowboys to do? I would love for them to use their pick on like someone that they could pair on the defensive side with. Parsons, just like how, what I was saying for the 49ers when they first got Bosa, like just make that defense even better. And then three week three to week seven trade for Derrick Henry. Why not? Tony Pollard and Derrick Henry would be better than, I mean, like that'd be a fantastic duo. You'll you maybe give up what a third round pick at that point. If the team is really struggling, maybe what a third and a second, the way the Niners got, you're not getting a second for Derrick Henry at this point. No, you're not no but, I, but my point is like the Christian yeah. McCaffrey type situation, maybe, but regardless, I would like, if the Cowboys did that, I would think that would be a really good move for them rather than using your first round pick on it. Like, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about running backs that are going to get dealt. Like, if I'm the Bills, I'm calling the Chargers, and I'm not hanging up until Austin Eckler's a Bill. Hmm. Because they've they've played, like, they've gone with the mid-round running back for the past three seasons because they had Devin Singletary. He's now in Houston. They brought in Was Cook down the first round? Was he early second? He was was second round. Second round or third round um, was James Cook. Go and get somebody who you know is going to help your offense and fits into what you do. He's a very good dual threat pass catching back that fits in exactly what Buffalo needs right now. Have if, if you if you still want to feature James Cook, which they do, that's great. Then you have Austin Eckler and James Cook. Like, or trade for Dalvin Cook. Just what about that? Be something? Here, have two brothers in the here. backfield? I'd be all right with that. I mean, hell, you could they could trade for Derrick Henry too. But Ken Dorsey's playbook only consists of four verts with a running back, you know, running a Texas route out of the backfield. So that wouldn't necessarily make too much sense for Derrick Henry. Shout out, to, uh, shout out to four verts le- legend Charles McDonald. There you go. Um, also, did they hire a new DC for Leslie Frazier? Who retired? Sean McDermott's going to be calling the plays. Oh, hmm. interesting. Um, well, there you go, uh, Jared. What can the good folks check out from you across the internet this week? Uh, please go and read my feature on Ty J Spears running back from Tulane. That is on Bears Wire right now. Um, incredible dude. Um, I really enjoy being able to sit down with him and talk to him about just tell his story. That is on Bears Wire right now. Please go read that. I'll have another feature later on in the week on BYU wide receiver Puka Nakua. Another just really cool dude. Um, he's training with TJ Hushmanzada right now as we get hmm. leading up to the NFL draft. The guy who I think is going to be really, really good. Um, so that will be on Bears Wire later this week as well. Um, yeah, Pump Fake Podcast. Uh, go listen to the latest episode of that. Really stacked show. Doug Ferrar of USA Today, Keith Sanchez of the Draft Network, and then Tajay Spears actually did a sit-down interview with me on that as well. So you get a double dip of Tajay Spears and myself. Um, and I do want to say this. Um, the really awesome people at Football Outsiders, they have not been paid by their parent company since December. And I'll, they've decided that they're not going to do any more content until they are paid by their parent company, Champion Gaming. Um, please support them. Do not go to Football Outsiders until they are paid. Um, people who know me and know my content know that I would not be where I am without Mike Tanier, who is the senior analyst at Football Outsiders, and I love that man dearly. Um, and they deserve better, as do all of the you know, contracted guys that they have, the freelancers who haven't been paid. There's a lot of really talented people there that help bring us a lot of really good stuff to help make our jobs easier. Um, so support them. 
um, show unity on Twitter, social media, however you can. Um, but until they get what they deserve in terms of their payment for putting out all that great stuff, DVOA, great articles, great advanced stats, uh, please show support for all the good people at Football Outsiders. I, uh, I have the utmost respect for everyone that is a writer in this industry because every single day it looks like it gets worse. Like that is an absurd thing. The, 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 the ability for these companies to find ways to still make millions of dollars while seemingly there's just no money for writing for writers just as an industry, like they don't, no writer gets paid anything at all. Um, and like these still, you know, these companies still have, you know, executives making millions of dollars. Like it, it's wild. I, uh, I, I cannot stress it. Ed, if I could, if I could say one thing, I would say this. When you go to school, get some kind of technical degree, get a job at a tech company, and then do this on the side for free and for fun. Do not try and make it a career. No offense to anyone that does. Go make money and do this as a hobby. It's hard. I can tell you that much. If you're into it, there is. I would. I, I wouldn't say that. I would say just be as versatile as humanly possible. That's what I would say. That's. I would go go under, uh, go make 150 grand a year and then do this because you're bored on a Thursday. Like make the like enjoy this. Enjoy this. Don't. I don't know. I just I. I feel so I see these stories and it's infuriating. Like these writers work harder than 90% of the people that I've, I've worked with in these tech companies and they make next to nothing. It's insane. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll be the other side of that coin because of somebody who, you know, does have a journalism degree and it, it is I also hard. have a journalism degree and a master. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, we're doing that. Yeah. We're listening. Like this is like pretty fun because Evan and I, like Jared and I are on the same side of this one. And Evan's but on you're both side. great yeah. examples. You guys have 70 million projects. You work harder mm -hmm. than anyone that I know. You should be making so much money for the work that you put into this. And it's just, I, I hate the industry because of it. Like, Pay like people that work their ass off and give good work should be paid accordingly. The people at football outsiders right now should not be looking four months into the year going, where's my paycheck? Yeah. But it goes back to stuff that happened 20, 30 years ago, which is when you made the pivot where you gave it free at first, when these newspapers went online, when all these blogs went free first and then to try and go back the other way, right. it just conditioned. Like, it's amazing to me how many times I see content, like even on paywall, because I like, I still subscribe to the local paper AJC and here in Knox News, and you'll see like seven top comments of like, why would you post something on Facebook that uh, to an article I can't read without buying it? Like, why? Just tell me what it, and it's like, what? Like, it's $3 for this monthly subscription. It's like football outsiders would not have this problem if everyone who, read and used that awesome service and read all these super smart people just paid for it like that I, was I, it i currently have a subscription to the athletic to mm -hmm. the san francisco chronicle to the la la times and i have not written read an article i i mean i don't read bro like I just don't read. You support Evan's just, <laughs> Evan just he's just blindly supporting journalism. I can, I can get behind that. I literally have all these subscriptions just because like You're like my mom, where she's like, I just support what Chase is doing. I don't know. He's doing, he's doing his little boss. No, it's he's not, doing no, his little no, like, I, like, like I, I just, love I love the San Francisco Chronicle. I love like the work that like, you know, 
Eric Branch and some of these guys from 49ers Twitter do. I love their Twitter. I read their Twitter. Like I love Twitter's my world. Like if, if Twitter died tomorrow, I don't know. I would just go like out. In, like I would see Chase in the forest somewhere. Like he'd be cooking off, on a fire and I would just be aimlessly wandering. Like, you There's know, Evan. Mr. Smithers. And, like, and you're hands. like, what bear? That's the end of it. But, but like, I, you know what I mean? Like I love supporting these people, but like, I don't know, man. It's a it's a tough industry. I saw that the other day about the football outsider stuff. And I was just like, I I, I can't. It's tough. Bro. I can't speak for for you personally, Chase, but I will say this: if you are somebody who wants to do this, understand what you're getting into. Because like, yeah, going into this, I, I think I was pretty naive, like being like, okay, I'm gonna go to school, get a four year degree, and then be on TV. But very instantly, like you get in, you're like, all right, I need to take a step back. And understand that it's going to be at first a lot of work for not a lot of money. Um, but if you know what you're doing and you're committed to what you're doing, committed to getting better, learning, understanding that it's not all going to come at once. There's going to be a lot of trial and tribulation. There's going to be a lot of failures before there's a lot of success. If you understand all that, you accept all of that, you keep working, get better. And you put the work in that's required. Yes, this industry does suck. There's no way of getting around it. It sucks. But one thing that it does, because it sucks so much, is it does weed out the people that don't actually want it. And as hard as it is to do this and be, you know, I'm going to be 25 this year and I'm not full time doing this, but I'm, you know, busting my ass to, to get to where I want to be. You know, you can still look back and say, all right, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I've come damn far and I'm getting closer. But Stick with it. It will be OK and you will get there. But you are also a good example, right? We we think like Theo Ash, you, Chase are all very good examples of being smart in your approach. Like Theo's a great example, right? Th Theo with his seven million followers or whatever he has on TikTok. Like, mm. like that's that's the, like the, I love TikTok for that reason because that's how the world is 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 moving. Like if you grow your audience in multiple different ways. Shout out to everyone in the 49ers Twitter world that like had the thought process to go, oh, I should create a YouTube, mm -hmm. right? And now they're getting money from YouTube, right? Like that's the type of things that you need to be doing if you want to be a writer. And, but, and there's one thing I can tell you for sure is it doesn't weed out the people that don't love it because there is not a bigger, more saturated industry in on earth than sport, than sports writing. It's like every, think, look at Twitter right now. How many people on Twitter write or create content and are genuinely good like jared good like chase i don't good. think like, you're seeing as much content i'm telling you you go back like espn true hoop network and you go back to the old blog days like 10 years ago there were so many more writers and consistent writers a lot have faded away and then i'll also say on the podcast front it's like when you see like the number of podcasts out there and i'm like okay that's a false number because you need to do active podcasts. Like that's the only numbers that matter. So it's like how many podcasts did seven episodes and they're like, oh, I'm not doing this. Like this is too much work. That is 90 plus percent of the podcast market. So it's like, it's so popular. There's so many podcasts. Like, no, it's not. There really aren't. There are well, not no. a lot of podcasts where people there commit and find their niche and do their thing. It's like, even with the Niners or with NFL, it's like, they're still like, what? I mean, there are just so many popular podcasts you can find your niche like that's what i would say is like find your avenue find your thing that's going to make you stand out have a plan be versatile 
and be willing to adapt because that changes. That's the thing with journalism school. Like you and I did this, Jared, where I'm like, after I got out, I was like, I don't know how they teach journalism anymore because it's just changing every year. So whatever the yeah. professors are teaching is just going to be out of date. Like they're just going to be behind. Like you're always behind in teaching mm-hmm. these kids what to do. Yeah, it's it is strange because like it is a field that like somehow like at least from my perspective it's like growing in the people that want to do it in terms of like being involved in like sports content or somehow but decreasing in the number of roles that are now available because there's so many companies that are downsizing that are laying off people like more people want to do it but less people are able to do it because there's not as many roles that there it 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 is a weird field right now yes very weird field you need to do multiple things and hope until you can do that one thing um there you go Jared Bailey, Evan Swartz, always a pleasure. Evan, I'll talk to you next week. Jared, we'll have you back on again soon. You guys have yourself a great rest of your week. Great start to your week. It's Monday night, and I'll talk to you all again very soon. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. You're, um, pleasantness you're smart so i think i'm going to hear big things about you nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah